Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Lambo Lawyer has had a really colourful life. If you've missed any of the stories, it's worth heading back to the previous five eps to find out how Peter got this far. I mentioned before that it was important to get both sides of the Peter Larvac story, the good and the bad. But there's also this little bit that I was a bit worried about. Was this just an old bloke wanting to relive some of those moments? So we asked Peter some really tough questions, ones that I was nervous about asking. The first one was, are you just some old bloke trying to relive your younger years? No, no, I'll tell you what I'm trying to do. The two reasons I'm doing this is, one, I want to leave a legacy for my little grandchild, and second, second, the most important one of all, when I was going through my cancer battle, I read a book by Lance Armstrong called It's Not About the Bike, and in that book he documented his battle with serious cancer, and that book was super impressive to me, And I read the book seven times when I was going through my own battle and I was absolutely amazed at how not only did he beat cancer but he came back and uh, he won the Tour de France seven times. That to me was the greatest comeback story of all time. And by doing this, I want to send a message to cancer sufferers. Hey guys, a cancer diagnosis is not an automatic death sentence. You can not only survive, but you can also thrive. I not only beat cancer, but I'm back to bench pressing 135 kilos in the gym. I'm back to car racing. I'm back to living a full, satisfying life. So I want to, if I can give just one cancer sufferer a little bit more hope and a little less fear from doing this stuff and alerting them to the fact that there is hope and they shouldn't panic. I'll come back to Peter's battle with cancer and his mental work, but I wanted just to call out something that Peter just mentioned. Can he actually bench 135 kilos at 70 plus years of age? I can. I'm 100 kilos of solid muscle. Bobby will tell you. I I can, and I have done it shortly after I got out of hospital, but I don't anymore Mm. because it's too much stress on your ligaments and joints. And as you get older, it's easy to get injured. I I did my medial knee cartilage, doing very heavy uh, leg presses with over 650 pounds. I had six plates on each end. I guess we have to take Peter's word for that. I'm not saying I don't believe him. All of his stories so far have been true. But I also know how heavy 135 kilos is. Anyway, let's swiftly get out of the pumping iron chat and head back to something a little more serious. Peter's cancer and the mentoring he's done. 
2008. I've been training for a whole year for a surf ski event in Hawaii. It was the World Championships in Hawaii. It involved a surf ski paddle uh, from Molokai to Oahu across the Molokai Channel, the roughest stretch of water in the world. And one week I'm training, I'm trying to figure out how much water to carry on my surf ski to get me from Molokai to Oahu. The second week I'm on the operating table fighting for my life. Your mum died of bladder cancer, your dad yes. died of emphysema. Yes. So how, how are you feeling at this stage? Well, I'm pretty blessed that I'm still alive. Um, I dodged a bullet not only once, but twice. I've now decided it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And this might sound strange, but it was because it made me appreciate for the first time in my life how precious life is and how short life is and how you have to live your life to the max every day that you're alive, every hour that you're alive, every minute that you're alive. And if you don't, you're shortchanging yourself because you may not be here tomorrow. Do you fear death? No. The only thing I fear is not living life to the max. I have no fear of death. What does your epitaph say? Okay, the epitaph's going to read, didn't sample all the world's most beautiful women, only most of them. Throughout this podcast, we've heard lots from people who don't like Peter and a few that actually do like him. Most of those people have been men. But to get some more gender balance, we called Jill McIntosh. Jill is a fellow barrister. Peter mentored her in the early days and they become great mates. Jill's mum also loves Peter and loved his leg opener number plates. Oh, she does. My mum's a Gemini. She's eighty four. I went. To, I had a. I had a family function, and we went to. And he brought it. Of course, he brought his Lamborghini, and he parked it right in the front of the restaurant. And that was just so Peter. But it was a family event that I had there, and he was there in the middle of it. And he, oh, he asked mum a question, and he said, "So we're probably an eighty three year old woman." And and he said to mum, he goes, "You know, the only thing that upsets me, mum." And she said, "What's that, Peter?" She said. If I walk into a room and only half of the women in there want to fuck me. And it was dead silence at the table. And it was one of those moments where everybody could have just, like, oh my God. And then just mum just cracked up laughing. And she thought he was absolutely hilarious. I think we, Peter, you just got to accept that that's just the way he is. He sees the world through eyes that... All roads lead back to how he's seeing it. Yeah. And yet, there's this incredible dichotomy that he'll come out uh, swinging if someone else is being harmed or he sees, you know, that he can do something good. One of the things that is impressive about Peter, apart from his self-confidence, is his absolute belief in his own views. He, He was very aloof. Like he wasn't critically involved in my life in any way. I was more the hanger on, um, and and I did a, a murder trial, a junior murder. He invited me to junior a murder trial uh, in two thousand and five, and I mean, this is this is another class classical Peter. Um, this particular woman had murdered her four year old child, and it, it was a very tough judge and a very tough jury and a, and a, and a very 
um, a very, very difficult case. This woman had picked up a man off Lava Life, one of those telephones. He, he got all these cases. These really out there cases. Was he was he prosecuting or defending? He was defending. Okay. As far as I know, Peter only ever defended in Australia. Yeah. And he was very, very good at cross-examination, always very good at it. Um, but this particular woman had, had had dug up this guy on Lava Life and she'd taken her four-year-old daughter to the train station to meet him. They were going to have sex. And the little child was so excited that she had this daddy figure and um, and the mother couldn't quieten her and administered um, methadone um, to the child to quieten the child down so she could have her way with this man. Anyway, um, the child died. Um, and then Peter was critical of the police investigation and was it this guy that she picked up from Lava Life that, that had murdered the child and that was the defence. Um, but as the jury was deliberating and came back and delivered a guilty verdict, um, you know, Peter's response was, um, I think she was guilty of being ugly. The woman was a terribly unattractive woman. She had a dreadful perm, and she was. It was ter- and Peter. Peter was just quite fixated on how ugly she was, and he doesn't hold back. He just says it, and then you sort of sit there and you dwell on that. I mean, she lost because it was quite um, astounding what she'd done. Peter taught me things about practice that I wouldn't have learnt from anyone else because you needed to be his personality you needed to be a, a fearless narcissistic man who just knew no bounds to learn the things that I learned from him I, I, I didn't feel in those early days that um, I ever connected with him he was just this enigma to me and I, I just took whatever I could get you know because so, I was fairly new and as I moved along and I got stronger and I'd ring him up and get his tutelage, P- Peter would ring me just to tell me things about himself and then hang up. <laughs> and, and and it was extraordinary. I, and I, I actually started to question what was wrong with me because I was like putting up with this odd friendship. And for the first sort of 10, 15 years, he never asked me a question about myself. I don't think he even knew who I was. <laughs> As he got older, and then he got sick and he had the lung cancer, um, and I noticed that the, the dichotomy in him started to come out more, and I think at some point he actually noticed that I was a friend, um, and and I included him in some family affairs and would bring him along. I think the only way that you can actually tolerate Peter, and I use that word accurately, because he's very hard to tolerate. You, you, you're actually, because you've got to get past the fact that he's an absolute pure narcissist, and yet he's a, yet he's a kind man. Peter is, as all of his friends say, and to be honest, most of his enemies, a very good barrister. He has a capacity to back and a capacity to take notes and a capacity to read the jury and a capacity to read, oh no, he pisses off the judge. Um, 
the capacity to read the room. He's got a very deep, deep capacity in his job. He can write out dozens and dozens and dozens of pages of closing submissions from memory. It, it, it's quite profound, his skills. Um, and if he can, and, and you wouldn't want to be in the witness box. He will trip you up on anything. His, his memory's like an ox. Oh, he's like an elephant. He's, he's very, very good. He's very, very good with judges. He's very, very good with juries. He's very, very good with facts. Um, he usually takes along a barrister with him when it comes to the legal, the law. And that's why when he did that um, that first case in the courtroom, uh, there were the cameras in the courtroom. Once. On trial. It, yeah, he sat on trial. He took Jahan with him because she was she was there to do the law side, the legal side. Peter's absolutely brilliant with facts and memory. Astonishingly good. And I guess loves a fight. He loves the fight, and he's got the stamina. That takes it takes an enormous, deep stamina to do the trials he does, and to keep going. That can't underestimate that stamina because it's very hard. I don't have a long trial practice. My practice is short trials. I could not do what he does. It's it's phenomenal, and he will be so focused. It's all he'll think and. And, and breathe whilst he's on a trial. So people, the, the defendant really gets their money's worth. So if you're ever in need of a top-notch criminal barrister, then look no further than the Lambo lawyer. One thing you know is that Peter loves an argument and loves to win. We actually have real footage of Peter's work in court. It was an Australian first, a real-life criminal trial made into a documentary on the ABC. It was called On Trial. Each year, thousands of criminal cases are heard in courts around Australia. Here, some of the most serious crimes are heard before judge and jury. This is where justice is done. Now, for the first time, Cameras have been allowed to witness a major criminal trial. He wasn't bleeding. And have you ever held a firearm? How does it prejudice his defence? No, you want to see, that's the problem. It was the first of its kind where TV cameras were invited into a real courtroom. What this case is all about is that you attempted to rob my client of this gold necklace that he was wearing at that time, didn't you? Was it the, the gold tacky necklace that I put on evidence yesterday? Just, the one just, just answer my question. No, that's incorrect. No. And you see, when you attempted to rob him of this necklace, uh, you assaulted him physically with your fists, didn't you? No, that's incorrect. And your friend, Mr Gladstone, hit him in the face with an object that was like a gun, isn't that right? That's incorrect. Can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury what happened to the gun, if there ever was a gun? I don't remember what happened to the gun. Well, if this incident had occurred, there is no way on earth that you would ever forget it. It would be indelibly imprinted on your brain till the day you died. Wouldn't be a case of I can't remember. No, because I'm trying to go through stages going to the psychologist to forget this, this situation. 
See, you can't remember because you're telling us a pack of lies, aren't you? That's incorrect. In those circumstances where you've told us you're shit scared, you could have died, guns gone off, what did you then do? I left the hotel and went home. The two of you had just overpowered him and you could easily have held him there in that cubicle before the police arrived, is that right? If I was thinking straight, yes I could. And you made no attempt to do so, did you? No. You let him go? Yes. Yeah. Although in his 70s, Peter's not planning to retire anytime soon. Mate, I people ask me how my practice is going and I always say to them, look, I'm a, I'm a gym junkie full-time pumping iron. I'm a race car driver full-time and uh, I practice law part-time in my spare time. (laughs) And I don't want to change that balance in any way, shape or form. Do you think you're ageing gracefully? I'm ageing fantastically. I I look much better than most guys my age, in almost all guys my age. I've never seen any guy my age who looks like me, who's still got their hair, who's still got great skin, and who's got the muscle mass that I have. You know what? I don't care how long I live. As long as I'm living life to the max, that means doing what I want to the max every day, every hour, every minute. That's what life's all about. Life's meant to be enjoyed, not to be miserable and pissed off and depressed. As long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm living life to the max, if I don't live life to the max, I'm shortchanging myself because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Whether I'm here for another 10 years, one year or six months, it doesn't matter as long as I'm living life to the max. That's what's important. In the next episode of The Lambo Lawyer. And as I looked out to sea, I'd see two dark heads bobbing up and down in the boiling sea quite a long way out, and I knew we had a rescue. So I ran to the sprinter to the club, uh, yelled out to Gary, who was in the club, playing cards. Hi, this is Hedley Thomas. Please leave your message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. G'day, Hedley. It's uh, Jay Walkerton from a company called Podshape. Um, we're putting together a podcast for Peter Larvac, who... He, he, he hates injustice, but sometimes I feel... Yeah, just in his personal life, he, he can still sometimes just pick a battle and then be willing to, you know, die on that hill in terms of the relationship, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a shame, you know. 